0: Hey everybody, that was Yui Suzuki. I am Bo Ransdell. This is the Hero Hero Go Show. Thank you so much for uh, joining us again, and welcome back. Uh, This is week three of our journey into the world of Asian horror cinema. In the past two weeks, we have seen the shocking and dreamlike audition and the exaggerated extremism of Tokyo Gore Police. I like to think that today's movie, uh, Versus, falls somewhere in between. Not in terms of quality, mind you, but in terms of its style, and boy does this movie come jam-packed with that. Released in 2000, this low-budget film was shot on a shoestring schedule and released unto the world like a big, noisy, blood-spattered gift. Here to make sense of the 444th gate, along with me is Mike Merriman, host of Evil Episodes, as well as the offshoot podcast, Theme Warriors, available right here on LegionPodcasts.com. Mike, tell us where we can find you before we start in on this Tarantino wet dream.
1: Uh, well, first of all, thanks uh, for having me, Hanbo. This, uh, this should be really fun. Love the idea behind this show. Um, to find me the easiest way, I would say, and where you're going to see the most uh, kind of action going on with uh, feedback and conversation is uh, the Facebook group pages of the shows. So just go to Facebook, search Evil Episodes, search Theme Warriors. Those should come right up. Uh, at Eva's, or at Evil Episodes on Twitter, I don't have a specific Twitter feed for Theme Warriors yet because we just kind of brought it back and it's only monthly, so I don't think we'd be getting tons of tweets anyway. But um, like I said, the Facebook pages are uh, the best place. We're on Legion, as you said, also Horophilia, which I believe all have feeds for – itunes stitcher all that great stuff so plenty of places to listen and find and join the conversation and we always love when people do so find us there
0: yeah and i always i like the the term join the conversation um it is one i find myself using a bunch as well of like yeah no no come come talk because honestly the one thing i love more than say you know oxygen and sleep is just talking about movies so uh, yeah, yeah. Facebook is, has turned into a great meeting ground. Um, exactly. You know, I've noticed even with uh, both. You know, I think evil episodes and hero here like uh, on the uh, Facebook pages for each of those. It my favorite thing now has become the polls. Um, I like running polls, and I think I'm going to do it to the point that it's going to become irritating. But mm-hmm. uh, I do like to see, for example, and the, the reason I bring that up not not just to Uh, further promote your Facebook page, which by the way, everyone should, uh, should check out. Uh, so we ran an impromptu poll prior to the beginning of this series, Mike. And I asked, Hey, what, what is the best Asian horror film? What's your favorite? Right. And the number one movie came back as versus. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That surprised me too. But after watching it again, I, I kind of get it. Because I think maybe Versus is the most Western movie that we're going to cover in the first season of this show. Um, Even though it is obviously steeped in Japanese culture and there's some mythology and all that stuff. At the same time, the style of film, the way that the movie is presented, feels very Western to me. Do you have that reaction? Am I crazy?
1: Yeah, I hadn't ever thought of that, but now that you bring up that point, I I do agree. Um I think it's very palatable for American audiences. Um there's there's not a lot to me to get lost in translation with uh, you know, other other movies where um there's a lot of cultural stuff going on that you just might not understand. You know, of course there's going to be a little bit of that going on, but you know, I mean the action and the horror elements are pretty on the nose here, and uh, I think you can get by, oh, not scratching your head at things like some other movies that even though you're entertained, you don't quite always get what's going on. So yeah, I can definitely see that.
0: Yeah, so uh, let's let's walk through the plot, such as it is, because this isn't a terribly complicated movie. Right. Um, it, it's basically uh, the story of uh, two escape prisoners. Um, most significantly, Prisoner KSC2-303, uh, who becomes uh, the hero of our movie. Um, so they're busting out, and uh, the prisoner that is not KSC2-303... Um, by the way, if you want to play a drinking game at home, every time I say that, have yourself a <laughs> drink. Um, so th- they they escape. The buddy of uh, KSC2-303 um, is uh somewhat aligned with some gangsters that they're meeting out in the the middle of a forest um one presumes to uh to finalize some escape plans and then we uh the gangsters that show up are you know one of them's wearing what a snakeskin coat one of them's yeah. got sunglasses on like every time they get out like uh industrial music starts and everything goes slow motion as these dudes roll up out of their car it is amazing Amazing. yeah
1: everybody has that kind of intro in this movie where it's like any anytime someone new comes on screen or something big's about to happen um you get it you get the music uh that style of music hitting it's pretty funny
0: yeah yeah Yeah. And, uh, and That's kind of the joy, I think, of this movie in a lot of ways, is everything is just turned to 11. Mm -hmm. Um, And it starts with these introductions. And so these are kind of gonzo gangsters uh, as befitting the hero of this movie. Uh, KSC 2-303 is having none of it. He's not impressed. He's uh, giving them a little bit of jibber jaw, as we say in the scientific community. Um, Not... uh, not blown away by either their entrance or their presence. And they keep saying like, Hey, we're going to have to wait here for a bit because the man is showing up. And once he shows up, we've got a girl, uh, with us and he wants both of these, uh, characters here. And there, you know, then we have our, our introduction to, uh, the girl and that's, you know, how she's credited in the film. That's really, uh, her designation, in the in the movie as a whole and
1: that's about the extent of her character too the girl
0: well and it's interesting because we we've talked on this show before about japanese culture's view of women is not is not the most progressive in the world certainly not the western representation of women um when we talked last week about tokyo gore police there's some subversive stuff in there in terms of having, you know, a female lead character be uh, kind of the aggressor and, and so forth. But what what makes Versus even more interesting to me is the fact that the main character, the prisoner, says at one point, I'm a feminist <laughs> uh, when he's sort of defending the girl from from the gangsters. But yeah, like you said, she has no real agency in this movie. Like there's one thing that she does that affects the story, uh, which we'll get to later. But other than that, she's a real, a real flat character and it's there, there is a cultural element to this, but it's still kind of disappointing because you really have three main characters in this movie. One of whom does almost nothing. Mm -hmm. And, and that's a bummer, um, but especially after you know, like Tokyo Gore police, it's almost unfair because that movie came later and I'm comparing this movie <laughs> in a a lot of ways in its representation of female characters to uh to Tokyo Gore police, and Versus just doesn't have that on its agenda. You know, it is it is not it is not the goal of Versus to present women in a in a progressive way. Um, right you know and that's not to say that there aren't strong women within the film because as as the the movie goes on we do get the introduction of some female characters that are at least a little more capable seeming um but so <laughs> there's a, a skirmish breaks out uh, between the you know the thugs and uh the prisoners um somebody get gets dead and in a, a matter of moments, uh, said dead dude uh, rises, resurrects himself, and is all zombied out. And uh, and there begins the bloodletting of this movie. And yeah. holy God, is there a lot of uh, people getting shot in this movie with sideways pistols, preferably? I mean, if you're going to shoot a pistol, come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, and shot that first guy does many many times as they aren't quite sure what the hell just happened what they just witnessed so they empty a few different clips into them or into him
0: yeah and and it's not until they they destroy the heart uh seems to be the key here that that he goes down for good um but we get the basis for the zombies of this movie which are kind of unusual um, they're not the Romero zombies or anything, like when they come back from the dead. They kind of shamble, but they're also armed, which I think is pretty great. <laughs> you know, if they're if you don't want a, a zombie around, the only thing worse than that is a zombie that's packing.
1: Right. Yeah, uh, I mean, there, zombies are bad enough. Ones that can uh, use weapons and <laughs> actually be competent about using those weapons. Yeah, that adds a whole new element and layer. Part of what, you know, just another part of what makes this movie unique in that sense.
0: Yeah. It, so when when we have our initial zombie attack and then there's chaos and our prisoner and the girl uh, end up kind of running off together, The the gangsters give chase and then start putting two and two together and realize like, oh, if bodies return from the dead here, and we've been dumping bodies out here for a while. You guys remember that, right? All the bodies we dumped out here. Maybe we're in trouble. And then, you know, cue the zombies of the victims of this gang. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> re- returning to life. And I would say, I, I don't know what. There, there's probably a good 15, 20 of them uh, that start shambling around. And they're not they're not the most threatening of zombies. No. They're really just there to be bullet sponges.
1: Yeah. You can tell the they kind of montage them they they're, they're going to be used as fodder um just to, you know, as you say, you know, amp everything up to 11. Um we need bodies, so <laughs> that's that's what they're there for, but uh it it goes with the tone of the movie. So it it just adds to the fun cuz you know as, as they're rising that yeah these guys probably aren't going to play a huge role but uh, it's going to be fun watching them get destroyed
0: yeah there's a lot of people like you know extending their arms with a gun in each and just shooting people on either side of them and crossing their arms to shoot that way and flipping around so they can shoot in midair and mm-hmm. and they basically make relatively short work of of the zombies um and then, uh, we have the introduction of the man, um, who is, uh, we, we've seen briefly, did you watch the ultimate edition or do cause much like uh, blade runner, there's like three editions of this movie bouncing around.
1: And um, I actually watched the, I, I actually have this on DVD, but it's from like way back. It's the 120 minute. Version, so I don't know I if believe, the ultimate wants yeah. even ten more minutes in that, or if that is the ultimate. Yeah, I, 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 didn't I, even my I DVD case.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that is the ultimate edition. Uh, yep. I, I think mine clocked in somewhere around, you know, r- uh, just over two hours, something like that. There, there was there was the original theatrical edition, and then there was an edition released later that had a lot of the gore cut out of it. And then the uh, ultimate edition restored all the gore scenes as well as some other story beats. Um, okay. but we do get, uh, a glimpse at the very beginning of the movie of our sort of holy triumvirate of characters here of, of, uh, the prisoner, the man and the girl. And, um, so we ultimately learn that the, the reason that the man has brought the prisoner here and there's been some hints along the way of like, he needs, he needs the girl and he needs this prisoner and we don't know why. Well, it turns out that, uh, as we mentioned in the intro, um, this forest is gate number 444 of the 666 gates to the other side. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Which is weird that, that, I, I don't know. I think it's an interesting choice that uh, the director was like, you know what? Let's just make it 444th. We're not going to do the 666th one. That's that's probably a little creepy. Yeah, that's um, overkill. <laughs> right. And, and this movie is all about restraint. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, let's do 444. Uh, but that's where we are. The 444th gate and the, uh, the, the villainous man of the film um, needs to Uh, Get the blood of the girl who has resurrection blood, um, which, by the way, can be treated with antibiotics. See your doctor. If you have resurrection blood, uh, make sure you're not taking anything. I need to get my
1: wife tested for resurrection blood, just in case.
0: Yeah, it's good to know. It's good to know who who you're with, because... If you're with uh, somebody with Resurrection Blood, you're also with everyone that's ever been with the person with re- Resurrection Blood.
1: Yeah. Um, if, if minions start showing up at my door, like, demanding that my wife come with them, I think that's a good indication that she has it.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And especially if they are packing both guns and katanas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they look <laughs> pale and...
0: Right. And one of them's hopping around like a frog and sticking his tongue out. Um we'll, yeah. we'll we'll get to that character in a minute. Um so yeah, so the man needs uh the resurrection blood and he also needs uh the prisoner for somewhat mysterious reasons which uh are are clarified later, but um basically he's trying to open the gate to get all this power, like evil power. Um, from the other side so he can rule the world I guess is the mm. ultimate plan um, which is fine you know it again the the story of this movie it's not paper thin but it ain't a whole lot thicker like if you put three pieces of paper together that's about where we are Um, it it's just there to serve a different master which is let's yeah. have a bunch of crazy shit happen
1: It's definitely facilitating like an over-the-top brand, which is fine. I mean, we don't need intricate storylines and overcomplicated arcs here. Just a bunch of people killing each other. There's zombies, swordplay, gunfights. Just tell us a little bit why that's happening. We're good.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I I think uh, Kitamura, uh, the director, does a good job of understanding, like, this is what people are here for. Like, if we spend too much time on the mythology of this, one, it's all going to fall apart, and two, nobody cares.
1: Right, exactly. So, just that's what the DVD cover is promising with the, the just the picture of the, I believe it's the prisoner with the sword and the gun, uh, that is promising lots of action and killing. As long as it delivers with that, we're good.
0: Yeah, and so to to complete our our list of characters here. We've also got um a trio of gangsters that show up. And I was never clear exactly what they were after in the forest other than I guess maybe the prisoner? I don't know. They just kind of show up and and get in a fight.
1: Yeah. I'm I was like reading through the wiki, like just because the wiki will like lay out the plot as best it, whoever you know writes that one,
0: <laughs> right? It but- does.
1: It does say like, okay, the man like calls in like three assassins. So, um, I don't know if they're just there to kind of help or,
0: or what. Well, we'll... But they end up getting got, and yeah. the man brings them back but it, and that's why i never really understood where they came from because he seemed immediately at odds with them rather than allies of them but right he so he gives them like super zombie powers uh when he kills them so when they come back we have uh two of them are are transformed into into zombies uh, one of whom is a dude who just kicks all the time mm mm-hmm. mhm And the other is uh, kind of a bullet lady uh, with guns. And then we have another one who's uh, another karate lady, and she gets away um, as they're being set upon by the man. So now, uh, in addition to uh, zombie bullet lady and zombie kicking guy, uh, who's got just this wild mop of, like, bright red hair (laughs) and a tracksuit on, and that's what he does. He just kind of kicks you know, that's his jam. Uh, you know, he's real good at kicking, so that's cool, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, he doesn't seem to engage with the arms too much, which I think he's selling himself short, but <laughs> that's, that's me. I mean, I'm like, kicking zombie, how about you throw a couple of punches? I think you're going to learn you like it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in addition to that, the, the gangster who was um, sort of making a power play for the man's position... Uh, he's the one who becomes kind of the 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 tonguey frog zombie that likes hopping around all over the place. Yeah. Um,
1: Creepy and funny at the same time.
0: Yeah, like there are a couple of references that seem pretty direct, and this is one of those like evil like tips of the of the cap to Evil Dead, and there's a lot of rainyesque esque camera work as well. Um, but this character seems the most direct reference to that kind of slapstick possessed character that, that you see in the evil dead films. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I don't think, uh, Kitamura has maybe openly said it. Uh, but it seems pretty clear that his inspirations for this movie are, uh, the old Shinbara movies, the, you know, samurai films, mm-hmm. uh, Tarantino's movies, particularly Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, and Raimi films, and and you know you can throw in a a, a dose of Romero in there as well. But
1: I would uh, say maybe a pinch of a John Woo.
0: Yeah, oh, for sure, for, for sure. the gunplay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That stuff
1: is still going today,
0: <laughs> which I'm I, I'm all about. Uh, oh, yeah, after yeah, definitely. I, I you know I think I saw a uh, John Wick and thought like this is the best John Woo movie that John Woo movie never did. Oh uh, yeah.
1: When when I was growing up, John Woo movies, uh, my friend showing me those were probably my like first dose of like really digging into, you know, foreign movies, Hong Kong cinema. So that that's always stuck with me as something. Anytime I see stuff now, I'm like, yep, I know they're a fan too.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, and all right, so we've got the girl, the guy, the the prisoner um on the run from all these zombies trying to figure shit out uh we have a confrontation with uh, uh the man and the prisoner where they go to you know, like some teleporty place high on a on a hill somewhere where we can get the total plot and and we realize like oh they're actually brothers one of them represents the light one of them represents the dark he's brought them here because um he has to to the The villain of the film, the man has to get the resurrection blood and he has to kill his brother to open this gate. And which isn't the full story completely, uh, which we get at the end, but you know, basically the, the man, uh, the villain says, you know, how about we, we don't, we skip the fighting part and you just join me and we'll both be evil and we'll both take over the world. And the prisoner is like, nah, dog. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna defend this realm from your evil. And then gets shot in the face. Yeah. And and is good old fashioned dead. One presumes. But then, Mike.
1: But the plot thickens.
0: It does. Because uh the girl has resurrection blood, and in the one thing she does in this movie that seems to affect anything, she uh she gives the prisoner uh, a little dose of the resurrection blood, and then she is uh taken away by the man and tied to a tree in a creek bed like and this is reminiscent of the opening scene of the film, like what what we saw that happened one presumes like two or three centuries before where this same thing uh occurred, and the man in this case uh the villain um is looking for a different outcome. Like, he's been waiting for hundreds of years for the girl that had the resurrection blood to be reincarnated after the prisoner in his previous life decapitated her rather than have her be used for this ceremony. And then he gets murdered by his brother, who apparently has not died, right? Like, he's just been hanging out waiting for the reincarnations to roll back around And sync up. Yeah. Uh, So
1: we're going with the never ending loop type thing where they're just destined to keep, keep this up forever.
0: Right. And, and that feels like a very culturally tonal, uh, sort of, sort of plot device. Like, yeah, there is something about the idea of reincarnation and destiny and fate that, that pops up through a lot of, uh, Asian cinema, not just Japan. But yeah, th- I mean to me this is the most Japanese thing about this movie is that you're kind of grounding everything in in the idea of reincarnation and like you said, the this endless loop of confrontation. Right. Um so so that's pretty cool. And then the prisoner wakes back up because of the resurrection blood, only now he's like all souped up with resurrection blood powers and then we get the confrontation between him and you know, all of the man's minions. Mm-hmm. So all these characters that we've seen, like we've got Hoppy Guy and Kiki Zombie, and Gun Zombie, and like all these characters are now ready to face off uh against uh KSC 2 303. Um and then he just proceeds to destroy them all and it's pretty great like the action scenes are really good in this movie um but i
1: would agree with that
0: like there is this element of like the con- the kung fu john wu gunplay stuff and then some of it is just straight up silly um you know when we have frog dude like hopping around on the trees And kind of teasing, uh, the prisoner as they're fighting and, and so forth. It's, it's all just real weird, but it's kind of a weird that I, I absolutely love about this movie. Um, so yeah, we've got, you know, the prisoner making his way through all of these characters on his path to fight, uh, the man, his brother, we have learned one more time, but the man has one more surprise, which is that no no, he didn't just need the resurrection blood. He needed the blood of the prisoner who has been brought back with resurrection blood. Mm. Which I you know, seems strange because that didn't seem like the thing that happened centuries before, but whatever. Okay, rules change, I guess. And
1: yeah. need <laughs> to be broken, I guess.
0: <laughs> right, right. Um, and so he's, you know, we have the, the big final confrontation, um, and it's, you know, it, it's a pretty cool fight scene. It, it, it goes on for a bit, uh, but they, they shoot at each other and then they sword fight. They end up with each other's swords at one point. Probably my favorite moment in that whole fight sequence is when they accidentally trade their fancy katanas. Yeah. And then go back to fighting, and when they come away again, they have somehow managed to get their own katanas back. And that's pretty great. Like, that's one of those moments as you're watching the movie where you're like, all right, Versus, you got me. That's, yeah. That's all right.
1: I'm telling my friends about this one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it is a real, like, get up and... and like, this is a, a movie that I think is great if you're watching it with with friends and you've got, you know, a couple of tall, tall, cold glasses of water, if you know what I mean, uh, along for the ride. um, You kind of need to sit back and let the movie happen. It, It, you know, we, we've talked on this show before about, you know, passive versus active movie viewing, that there are some movies that require you to be engaged and to pay attention to things like use of color and what music is being used and even audio cues and weird stuff like that. Um, audition is a movie that kind of begs to be picked apart and dissected. Um, on the other hand, versus is more of a movie that you sit back and let happen to you. Um, yeah,
1: <laughs> and, just consume it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and that's not a knock, you know, there are some movies that are, are sort of built, uh, from the ground up to be just entertainment machines and versus, um, is one of those. I mean, we, we'll talk about this in the uh the um the more informative uh aspects of the show but i mean this was a super low budget film um mm-hmm. you know this movie was made for about $10,000
1: yeah and it's funny too because Before rewatching it for the show, I had not seen it in in like a long time, even though I own it. And I had forgotten just how low budget it was. Um, just because I I enjoy it so much back then when I originally saw it, you know, you kind of have those foggy memories in your head of the fight scenes and everything. And then I went back to watch it and I was like, wow, it it really was like done for a low amount of money and they got a lot out of it.
0: Yeah. Um, you're, yeah, absolutely right. It, it, it definitely wears its style and influences on its sleeve. And one of the reasons that the movie couldn't get funded uh, by traditional means and traditional studios in Japan, which is also a little bit of a uh, a misnomer, um, because the studio system in Japan is a very unusual kind of construction. But uh, he couldn't, so uh, Kitamura couldn't get the money because... They, the studio said, you can't shoot this movie in the amount of time and for as little money as you're saying, which was more than $10,000. And so he was refused. And so, you know, Kitamura went to friends, family, and loved ones and, and scraped together, you know, the 10 grand to make the movie and shot it super fast. And in fact, in the ultimate edition, there are a couple of the, you know, those story beat scenes where he actually brought the cast back to the location and shot additional scenes. Um after after the movie's original release, um, for for his director's vision of the film. But even then, you you can't think that all in the movie was more than fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars prior to, you know, marketing and distribution and that kind of thing. And it it, it really is amazing. It's one of those paranormal activity things of like, and that's almost an unfair comparison because that movie, you can see how you could make that movie very cheaply. Um, this is a movie where there's so much like gratuitous gore and effects work and stunts and all that stuff that it really is an achievement to, to, to squeeze that much movie out of that little money. You know, like you can't buy a, a new Hyundai for the amount of money it costs to make this movie that has has gone on to make you know a a ton of uh of money as well and also you know as i said at the upfront it has become you know the favorite of a lot of people it it was the the top of our poll of of movies that uh people liked from asian cinema or asian horror cinema um so yeah it it really is something when you when you consider how little went into making something that has had this kind of staying power, but, uh, uh, we should probably talk about the end of this movie.
1: Yes. The, the ending and what it potentially set up, but never came to fruition.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we, we have the big fight scene, uh, at the end of the day, the prisoner, of course, uh, vanquishes his brother and, Decides that he's going to ride off into uh, the tunnel slash sunset with the girl. Uh, they get on his motorcycle. And by the way, we kind of left out talking about the police officers, but they're it's such a, you know, tacked on kind of thing. But basically, there are some police officers that are hunting the escaped convicts. One of right. them is kind of a braggart. Um, who basically says he's the best shot, the best at karate, uh, all of that stuff. And he ends up just getting blowed up with a, a big ass gun, uh, right. at a certain point. But it, um, it's, it's
1: good that you did bring them up. Cause I was going to say, if there's one thing in the movie that they could have cut, not, and, and not that I didn't get a kick out of watching them. Cause they, they kind of played off each other well and they were kind of idiots, which was fun. But, uh, that those two characters were like the ones where I was like, did did they really need to be in here? Like they probably could have cut that off and it would have been inconsequential to the movie, but, um, it is, it is what it is. Quirky characters.
0: Yeah. It, it doesn't affect the story too much, uh, other than provide a little bit of comic relief here and there and, and seeing guys get exploded by a 50 caliber bullet is, is kind of fun too. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a total throwaway. I just want to, for the sake of completion, I don't want to get to the end of this show and have people say, uh, but Bo and Mike, you guys never talked about my favorite characters, the police officers. All right. Uh, so we're going to, we're giving them their due, but at, they're not that significant to the story. Uh, what is significant is, um, the girl, uh, as, uh, she and the prisoner are, are escaping the forest. Finally, um, she says like, you know what? Um, if we leave, you could die. Like the, the force may be the only thing keeping you alive. And the prisoner is like, you know, uh, ah, that's fine. I, I like living on the edge. I can't remember the exact line, but it, it's a very rebel without a cause kind of, you know, it's something about like, I could never stay in one place too long, something like that. And, uh, they write off into, uh, a tunnel and, and into their future. One presumes, uh, to live happily ever after, and and the prisoner is going to change his ways, and and be a uh, an upstanding member of society, and uh, and and they'll you know probably have some babies and all that stuff. Uh, I don't know. I didn't watch the end of this movie. I assume that's how it all worked out. Mike, uh, did I get anything wrong there?
1: Uh, you got it pretty accurate there, Bo. Excellent, excellent. Well, done, well
0: done. Yeah. So. That's not really what happens what What happens is we jump forward uh ninety nine years into the future um and now we have uh, terminator prisoner <laughs> and the girl like we're ninety nine years in the future, and society is just good old fashioned screwed, like everything has <laughs> fallen apart it is it is a hellscape. And
1: judgment day from T2 happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, all apparently the result of the prisoner uh, being immortal and evil all at once. And the girl. Uh, so we have the 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 man show up, the The villain of the film uh, shows up in, you know, basically it's Mad Max ish garb. Mm. Uh, as all these characters are living in a wasteland now, right? And the so he shows up and he says, "Hey, um, we've got to fight some more because you know this is our destiny and whatnot." And the girl is like, "I should have gone with you." Uh, talking to uh, the the villain of of the rest of the movie, like you know, this guy turned out to be a real wackadoo. I should I should have stayed with you at least. You know, you had plans. This guy's just chaos, you know, just murdering everything. And I, I, and I think even the prisoner says something to the effect of like, we have, there is no more world to destroy. Like I need, I need to get the gates open because there are worlds that I I want to tear asunder because this one's done for. And then they start fighting and that's kind of it. You know, like we don't get a resolution of the fight there. There is some question um, whether this is just another reincarnation loop happening. Um, If, in fact, these are the same characters that we've been following through the movie, maybe maybe they got reincarnated and swapped roles so that after this next reincarnation, the prisoner is the villain and, you know. The, the other brother is the good guy now. Um, tough to say. The movie doesn't really explain it. Um, there was always an intent. For this movie to have a sequel. Uh, as late as about '08. Kitamura was talking about it. And saying that. Uh, they had the the green light from the studios. To go ahead and do the film. Um, it has still never happened. Uh, I would not be against it. I, I think. I don't know though. Uh there's part of me that wonders if you give Kitamura enough money to make a sequel to Versus after this much time has passed, is it worth it? You know, like would it ever be the movie that, that fans want it to be? Yeah. Um, I don't know.
1: All this time that's gone by, it's and kinda it's kinda nice how it just it's that standalone movie that definitely is a product of its time, its budget. And sometimes you can't, you would think, oh, well, throw them a bigger budget and you could recreate it, with it. And it just looks, everything makes everything better. But we've seen many times that not be the case. And sometimes movies, the, the end product is as good as it is because of all the conditions under how the movie was made and the situations. And it's not, as easy as you would think to recreate it just by throwing more money at it. So it's, it's, it's a
0: tough call. Versus as it happens was never intended to be called versus. In fact, when it was conceived, it was a sequel to Ryuhei Kinomura short film down to hell. Kinomura shopped the idea around with the Japanese studios but no one believed he could make the movie he was proposing with the money and the time he was asking for. Finally, Kitamura secured financing from private investors and spent $10,000 making this movie. And it was a true independent film, even by the standards of Japan, where that term can be a bit fuzzier. Kitamura found his star, Tak Sakaguchi, in the middle of a street fight. Legend has it, Kitamura asked Sakaguchi, Would you rather fight in the streets or fight in the movies? When the movie was finally released into the world, the critical reaction was largely positive, but it was the dizzying camera work and editing styles, along with the music and not a small amount of gore, that rocketed this movie to the top of many fans' cult favorites. A small movie wearing its influences on its sleeve, but doing so in a gleefully chaotic manner that's hard not to like. Which brings me back to the title. As I said, the movie was originally a sequel to a short film and was called The Return, Down to Hell with a numeral 2. As production went on, it was clear that Kitamura was making something far more ambitious than a low-rent sequel, and the movie had taken on a life of its own. When Kitamura reached the end of filming, he asked a close friend what he should call it. All your life you've been fighting, his friend told Kitamura, and this movie is all you, so you should call it Versus. One final note, the film is most easily criticized for its hodgepodge of style script from all kinds of cinema. This is no accident. Kitamura wasn't sure if he would ever be able to direct another feature and packed verses with all the things he wanted to see in a movie, just in case he was never behind the lens of a feature again. I watched the Ultimate Edition, which is different from the original version, which is different from the R-rated version released in the United States. In Blade Runner-esque fashion, your experience with the movie may differ depending on the version. The Ultimate Edition includes 10 more minutes of footage, including scenes shot much later, returning to the same location, and it provides some varied editing and a few more character beats to help define the story and characters. The R-rated version removed much of the gore, which, come on, what are we even doing here if we're not showing some good old-fashioned effects work? Whether we actually see in other verses remains a mystery, but the film as it stands is a manic ride through a funhouse of weirdness, and it's kind of beautiful in its madness. Kitamura went on to direct the Clive Barker adaptation, The Midnight Meat Train, and No One Lives for American Audiences, but he was right back to his cultural roots with a film adaptation of the anime, Lupin the Third. Nothing has come close to the success or notoriety of Versus, however, which it leads us to this. Do you have a different take on this ending? Do you have an interpretation that is different from the one that I proposed? Do Do you have... Do you have your internet theories, Mike? Are you are you sitting on some secrets?
1: I mean, I took it as it, it's almost like it, they're just going to be fighting forever. Basically, um, it's almost like. I would almost compare it maybe to like a Star wars thing where there's always going to be the light and the dark. There has to be kind of like a balance. So it's always going to be ongoing. You know, I didn't take much more out of it than that other than at the time. To- now this is at the time when I saw it other than please make a sequel really, really soon. <laughs> right. Right. And I remember at the time, you know, uh, because this was back when this movie came out, you know, obviously the internet was around, but it was still a, a bit more primitive than it is now um you movies like this you couldn't just go on Amazon they didn't always get released over here so um, a lot of times you know a lot of us podcasting folks we'd be like the person from our group of friends that would like get these and show them to everyone and the internet was kind of buzzing about oh well they left it open for a sequel there's going to be a sequel like you kind of mentioned already and uh it never came. Years went by, and now it's kind of just like a kind of an artifact of that era. I think I saw this like right around when I saw uh, Battle Royale. And I think Battle Royale is really is what kicked off that era of movies because once I saw that, I'm like, I got to find more cinema from <laughs> from this part of the world. Um, and then Versus came along. So, you know, I, I, I don't – getting back to the ending, yeah, I, I don't take much more out of it. Then, uh, what I said, I mean, I think you, your theory is pretty right on. So, um, yeah, I, I, th- I think that's pretty much it when it comes to the ending for me.
0: I, th- I think the point about the movie being a gateway <laughs> to, uh, to tie it in thematically with the movie itself. Uh, I, th- I think, uh, you could almost argue the versus is, is the 667th gateway. Uh, only not to a spirit world, but to, um, in a weird way, a, a world of movies. Uh, I think a lot of people see verses and they think, well, if this is what Asian horror is like, then I want some more of it. You know, like you said, it, it, it becomes a a window into a, a different um, cultural heritage of films. Which, again, is ironic because I think it is one of the least the least faithful examples of that culture that, that, that it is, uh, stemming from, even though it is not heavily influenced by it. Uh, it is, but not, not in the way that something like, you know, you get into like whispering corridors and that kind of stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the ghost stories of, of that region. And that stuff is, you know, centuries old. Um, and then you get into verses, and it's like, oh, okay. Well, this is just, <laughs> this is just a, a bunch of different movies mushed together into one movie uh, that is, is plenty entertaining. Don't get me wrong, but it I, I don't think it serves as a great example uh, of of Asian cinema, um, other than it other than it being obviously from you know its origins being from that that region and and right from the culture, but it's not. You know. Like I said, it's not a whispering corridors. It's not even yeah. some of the weirder stuff like, you know, X Day hair extensions and the like Suicide Club and like, Right. These kind of I weirdo de- movies that are steeped in the culture.
1: I definitely wouldn't call this like a launching point. This is more of uh something that I would show to people that are maybe not quite ready to fully embrace like uh the more cultural entrenched movies, I would, you know, this is the type of movie where like you would recommend it. And then the person would ask you, yeah, but does it have that stuff that I don't understand that I'm going to be confused by? No, no, just press play. You'll be, you'll be fine with versus (laughs) no, no confusion here for the most part. Do you understand how how guns work? Yeah. And, and any of those aspects in this movie, I don't think are such a big part of the plot or, necessarily needing to decipher and understand that I think people will be fine with this one.
0: I, yeah. And I, my pet theory is that's why people flock to this movie in particular, um, is that it doesn't require a, a background to enjoy it. Um, you don't, you don't have to dig for meaning and, um, yeah. And uh, so Kitamura, uh, went on to, direct an american film which was uh the midnight meat train right and which was similarly kind of gleefully gory um and i almost think that those scenes feel more like kitamura than the rest of that movie does um but you know i think he's done one other english language film and that's it uh which is kind of a shame. Um, I think he does have a great visual eye. Uh, he, you know, he's obviously wearing his references on his sleeve, but, uh, yeah, he did. No one lives was the other, uh, English language movie that, um, he did, uh, which starred Luke Evans and Adelaide Clemens. Uh, I have not seen that film, but, and the only reason I ever would by all accounts is that it is, uh, um, done by, uh, Ruhei Kitamura. Um, I have a question
1: for you because I haven't seen
0: it, but, uh, have you seen
1: the 45 minute, uh, I guess unofficial prequel to this called down to hell?
0: I have not. Uh, which yeah, this movie was always intended to be a sequel to that movie, to to the short. Um, in, in a weird way, it was both a sequel and kind of a remake, sort of an Evil Dead two to uh, Down the exactly. Hells Evil Dead. Um, no, I have not seen it. Have you?
1: I, I have not, but I'm I'm curious to see if it's like on YouTube or something because I I definitely would like to check it out. It's almost like. Uh... Yeah, like you said, an Evil Dead to an Evil Dead Two, or maybe something like uh, uh, El Mariachi to uh, <laughs> yeah. Now I can't even think of Desperado. Yeah, Desperado. That's right. Um, so I am kind of interested to see how, like, what this looks like on an even lower budget with less characters, just to see like where like the ideas and concepts came, yeah, you know, even originated before versus so if i can get a hold of it yeah that that'd be definitely maybe
0: something if one of us can
1: find it we'd throw up a link on your on the facebook group page for this episode possibly
0: yeah i'll uh, i'll take a look and see if i i can hunt that down uh, cuz i would like to see it myself and uh have not been able to find it as of yet but um yeah it's this is definitely one of those movies that i it's it's a good hangover movie Mm-hmm. Uh it it's a real fun movie to throw on 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 like a Sunday afternoon or something if if nothing else is is popping off and you just want to see rampant silliness. Uh Yeah. It, it,
1: it feels like a a movie that uh you get you get together with, you know, because we a lot of us, we have we have different circles of friends. We have circles of friends like us that have seen a lot of these things, but then you also have your other circle of friends that they are more novice to films, but they're they're hungry for films so this is one of those ones that you throw on and say all right guys i got the movie that's going to cap off our movie marathon so everyone picks a movie this you bring verses and blow everyone's minds at the end of the night so <laughs>
0: right. it is it, yeah it's it's your wild card that you can insert into any cinematic deck and you pretty much will win you the hand um yeah it it is a people pleaser. It's a great big puppy dog of a movie in a lot of ways where it just wants you to be entertained so much that it, and it's, it's so aggressively entertaining Mm -hmm. with all the music and the shots and, you know, the scenes of characters like ending up back to back as they're fighting with their swords drawn. And, you know, they take a breath before shit pops off again and they start sword fighting. It's that kind of stuff.
1: And for a, for a, two-hour running time, there doesn't seem to be much filler in it, like between things that are going on. I mean, you know, you have short conversations that kind of set up scenes or set up what's about to happen, but you don't really have too much downtime between action in this movie. So I the I think it's, it's a quick two hours for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're along for what the movie is doing – which is having a bunch of people, you know, swing around wearing trench coats and swinging swords, if that's what you're into the movie for, yeah, then it is constantly entertaining. If at a certain point, though, you you grow weary of that, then it's just going to be more of that until the movie ends. But, you know, I think it's just kind of knowingly goofy enough uh, that I don't think it ever gets tiresome, you know. Um I I think there are certain action movies that are so dour and somber that at a, a certain point the fight scenes and gunplay just feels abusive to the viewer. And I think versus is the opposite of that, where it is so kind of willfully and gleefully stupid of its own accord. That you can't help but appreciate the, the the clear joy that went into the making of this movie. Um, and in fact, one of the reasons the movie was shot the way it was with the open ending is because the cast and crew had, had such a good time making the movie that they wanted to leave the door open for a sequel because they really wanted to do it again. Um, and... That's pretty telling, you know, I think when, when you have a a team of people making a movie that all have that kind of experience and enthusiasm for the project, I think it kind of bleeds through. Um, and that's my takeaway from versus almost exclusively is man, that movie is a lot of fun. Um, and I don't, it's, you know, it's weird and it's silly and it's gruesome and it never feels heavy or serious. You know, even when it's talking about its, you know, the battle between light and dark and that kind of thing. It doesn't even that doesn't oh, right. yeah, it doesn't it, even get heavy. It doesn't get
1: heavy and it's all self-contained in this goofy comical fun world. So, yeah, the the, the themes are are played with but nothing heavy like you said.
0: And I'm, I'm glad about that. Uh, you know, I, I don't think every movie needs to be a John Woo film. Like some of the stuff especially in like, you know, brighter tomorrow and that kind of thing. Um, you know, those are very serious films and very serious scenes and they're well done. And they're, they're gorgeous to look at. Um, and, and this movie never really approaches that level of, of self seriousness, uh, which I appreciate. Like it's, there's something kind of chaotic and wonderful. Uh it, it's like the joker of Asian horror movies of just being chaotic and weird uh but you know not as murderous. Um but uh yeah, anything uh, any final thoughts on on verses before we uh we wrap this up?
1: Um I would say, you know, I'm assuming I I haven't really scoured the internet, but I'm assuming it's more widely available now. Than it used to be. I, I'm I'm assuming it's still on print, and maybe it's as easy as taking a trip to Amazon. Now I know back in back in my day, uh, I had there was a website called DVDAsian.com, which it probably either got bought or something because I don't even think that works anymore. But that's where I used to get all my stuff because we actually had to get region free stuff back then. Before most systems now can just play different regions, but um, I would say. You know, if you haven't seen it and our conversation hasn't convinced you, at least go watch the trailer on YouTube and uh, give this one a chance. I think it's a good, for, especially for that early 2000s era of uh, J, J Horror, and I guess, well, this one falls into many categories J Everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, it's a good jumping off point, uh, it's a good introduction. Uh, it's, it's palatable, I think, to many different viewing audiences. And, uh, it's almost one of those movies where you can watch and depending on what your thoughts are on different elements of the movie, it can take you in different directions of where do you, where you want to go to from here, depending on which parts of it you liked more than others. But overall, I just think it's a really good time. And, uh, I really haven't heard anyone say they haven't enjoyed it, at least on some level yet. So check it out.
0: Yeah, and it is actually available uh, just on Amazon for 20 bucks. You can get yourself the Ultimate Edition of the movie, uh, which, which they, I would recommend, so it's a good package. Is it
1: out on... Is there a Blu-ray release to this at all? Do you I, know?
0: I don't see it available on Blu-ray, at least in the States. Um, but as you said, like DVD Asia, I think, is gone, but there's uh, PlayAsia.com is uh, one location, and... Eh, there's another website I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But, um, yeah, there are a couple of places that you can still buy imports from. I, I ended up with the DVD. I don't have the Blu-ray of this, but um, I would be interested to to see this movie. I don't know. I almost wonder if that wouldn't be a case like uh, when you watch um, like Halloween or Alien or something like that where the Blu-ray reveals some of the the magic tricks of the movie where you can see some wires and that kind of thing. Um, and Versus already has some some uh, threads, some frayed threads at the seams uh, of the effects and camera work, I would almost wonder if a Blu-ray might not make that a little more garish. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, this is definitely one of those movies where, because I was watching the DVD, and I know, I think PS4 does like try to upconvert, so it looked fine to me. I mean, I, I didn't really have any... Eyesores I I watching it just on the standard DVD, and you know, I would even you could probably go on Amazon and like click on the used and find it even cheaper than twenty. I would guess eight dollars
0: so, twenty three cents will yes. get you uh, a DVD of Versus.
1: All right, yeah. See, we uh, we're doing the hard sell, guys. Here, it's eight bucks. So,
0: <laughs> right, what can I do I to get you? Into yeah, I don't MK. know what else
1: we can say at this point to, to, if you're not already convinced.
0: Uh, as well, you should be, um, all right, well, Mike, uh, thank you so, so much for, uh, joining us to discuss versus one of the, um, certainly stranger movies, uh, that we're going to talk about in the, uh, in the upfront. Also, as, as I've said, the the thing that strikes me about this movie again and again is the, the Westernization of, of this sort of film. And, uh, I think Mike had it right when, when he said that, if you want a good gateway movie, this is a pretty good one. Um, it, it doesn't, it, it's not going to be too obtuse in terms of story for you to get behind it. Uh, but there you have it. That is an orgy of death and destruction. And that is just my guest, Mike Merriman, who you can find uh, on Evil Episodes, as well as Theme Warriors um, on LegionPodcast.com and Horrorfilia.com. Uh, yeah, no.
1: Well, for the record, I just want to say that this has been the first time I've ever recorded a show that I had never previously heard an episode of because uh, your first episode of this drops in a few days, right?
0: Yes, yeah, a couple of days from now, episode one will be out, and yeah, there the format is still uh, being being toyed with a little bit, but I think uh, I think it's gonna be fun. Um, yeah.
1: So by the time everyone's hearing this one, they should have already listened to at least episode one.
0: Uh, you, you will know. Yeah, there'll be two episodes prior to this one.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. So, Good. Yeah, this is the the magic number three. Uh, prior to this, and and that brings us to uh, there. There are two things we're going to do at the end of every episode until it makes sense not to. Um, the first one is uh, me reminding you that this is versus, uh, directed by Ryuhei Kitamura. Um, and, uh, I'm going to give you a couple of cast members right now. Uh, the prisoner KSC two 303 three or three is played by tech Sekaguchi. The man, the villain of the movie is played by Hideo Sakaki and the girl is played by Chieko Misaka. Um, that I assume is going to rapidly become a, uh, another drinking game on the show to see how badly I mispronounce the names of the actors, uh, involved. In addition to uh, that, we are going to rank the movies. Right mm. now, we have three movies that are in competition for the greatest Asian horror film of all time. <laughs> uh, so your choices are, Mike, uh, the Takashi Miyake, uh one might call it a classic audition. Mm. Uh, the Nishimura Splatterfest, Tokyo Gore police and this film versus how would you rank those three films? Or as of right now, uh, the prior episodes audition is number one. Mm. Tokyo Gore police is number two. Where does versus fall?
1: Well, um, I, I, I don't, I don't want to brag and say it's the movie I picked that's going number one. But um, on rewatchability, which is going to probably tip it for Versus, I'm going to put Versus number one. Um, like, I, I want to say Audition because my first thought was Audition because, God, I love that movie. And I love trying to talk people into loving it because so many people – well, as a lot of people do love it but there's a lot of people that don't like it because of this the extremely slow build. Um I want to say like the first for first time viewings audition might have just blown me away the most because of what it leads to and all that stuff, but God, I want to say Versus is number 1 just because out of the 3 and Tokyo Gore Police is no slouch in this department either, but I think Versus is out of the 3 the one I could probably throw on the most at any time under any circumstance and just have a blast with. So I'm going to go uh Versus audition and then Tokyo Gore Police.
0: All right, that's respectable.
1: It, it, it's a, it's a tough 3 though. I mean, it's it's something that like I could see the order of those 3 like shifting at certain times. So you got me on the spot and that's how, that's how my rankings are going for this episode, at least.
0: All right. Well, if, uh, if you disagree with this listeners, uh, you can, uh, find us over on the, uh, the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash hero, hero, go show, uh, as well as email me at hero, hero at legion podcasts.com, uh, with your questions, comments, concerns, and corrections. So, uh, the next episode is going to be Juon the original, uh, Takashi Shimizu, uh, do I have that reversed? Jeff, Jap- here's a little tip, by the way, uh, for those of you listening at home, when you are reading the names of, uh, these actors and directors for these films, always be aware that the names can be reversed in traditional Japanese culture, uh... People are referred to by last name, by family name, and then uh, given name. And so when you're reading IMDb, you will occasionally see those flipped. Uh, it depends on really who's doing it. Um, if you're discussing it with someone who is native to Japan, they understand the westernization of first name, last name, and, and often will present themselves uh, in in that western context but right. a lot of times when you're reading interviews or doing reading, you know, articles about uh about the films, then they'll use the traditional uh the traditional uh juxtaposition of the names. And uh and it can be a bit confusing because sometimes within the same article you'll see someone referred to two different ways. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Um but yeah, so next episode is going to be uh Juan with Dave Zendano um, and that should be a lot of fun because I, I really like Shimizu. Uh, Juwan is probably the first movie that scared me in a way that I, I didn't appreciate. Like that, <laughs> that movie unsettled me in uh, a lot of, a lot of ways that, uh, even the American translation of, of the grudge, I think works in a lot of ways, but we'll get into all that next week. So, um, in the meantime, thanks again for listening. Uh, you've got all the contact information you need, so uh, drop us a line. Also, head over to iTunes, leave us a review and a rating. That does help so, so much, uh, as well as telling people uh, about the show. You know, if you know somebody that that don't know nothing about uh, Asian horror, how about you uh, point them this way, and uh, we'll learn them up real good. A uh, Final thanks to Mike Merriman. And now, this is as much gin as I can legally play for you. Good night. I'm not